Welcome to the next class. I'm Rob Birdsell, your host, and as always, joined by my co-host, Tom Burnford. Tom, where are you? You're not at home. Rob, I am in Mexico City at the, um, the uh, every, by, every two years they do a Congress of SIEC, the Confederación Interamericana de Educación Católica. So I'm with 1,200 Catholic school leaders from about 23 countries in Central and South America. Just a wonderful group of people. Uh, and we are kicking off with mass in a few hours here in Mexico City to talk about the future of Catholic education. So excited to be here. Wow, I wish I could be there. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, Rob. And Rob, I'm really glad today because we, for the first time, have a bishop on our podcast, Bishop Donald Hying from uh, West Alice, Wisconsin. And uh, this will be a first for us on the podcast, Rob. So super grateful to have Bishop joining us. He has five older brothers, uh, was educated in Catholic schools uh, all the way through, including Marquette University. And he was ordained a priest in 1989 for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and served as a pastor, a seminary rector, and also worked in the Dominican Republic for a while. Then in 2011, he was made the Auxiliary Bishop of Milwaukee. In 2014, the Bishop of the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. But then in 2019, Pope Francis appointed him as the fifth bishop of Madison, Wisconsin. So really glad to have uh, Bishop Donald Hine with us today. And welcome, Bishop. Thank you so much, Rob and Tom. It's an honor to be on your podcast and to speak about what we are so passionate about. And that is, of course, Catholic education. No, and it's great. And, and Madison, I, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's just a great community. Um, some great Catholic churches. My mom is a graduate of Edgewood High School and Edgewood College. My cousins all went to Edgewood, so some great Catholic institutions in, in your diocese. Um, so let's jump right into it, Bishop. Um, this past year has been a great one for Catholic education. We have seen, for the first time in 20 years nationally, a boost in enrollment. And we'd love your thoughts on, on why why was that, and is it sustainable? What are your thoughts on Catholic school enrollment? It's It's been an exciting year for Catholic schools. Yeah, I think it's a complexity of circumstances, but yeah, I think we're all celebrating the fact that more families are choosing you know, Catholic schools for their children. I think certainly one factor has been COVID. You know, our schools remained open when our public systems were closed. We were very careful in terms of um, health and safety protocols during COVID, and yet we, we believe that we could successfully keep our schools open and have them to be safe and that certainly was borne out in um, the last two years that our schools did remain open, provided a wonderful education. So I think uh, there are people that came to our Catholic schools because of that. Uh, another factor is certainly uh, some of the social engineering that you see happening in our public schools you know, related to gender, sexuality, uh, life issues. I think more and more parents are awakening to the fact that um, some of the ideologies being are formulated in our public school systems are not what they want their children to be formed in. And so Catholic schools present a beautiful alternative of this authentic integral vision of the human person made in the image and likeness of God. And thirdly, I think when we see the cultural trends, there's people just awakening to the need for religion in their life and really wanting their children to flourish. And Catholic schools have a beautiful and long track record of being academically excellent, um, forming our young people in virtue and morality 
and really forming them to be disciples of the Lord. So I think all those factors together are, are creating at least some of that enrollment increase that we see nationwide and that we've certainly seen here in Madison as well. That's great, Bishop. And um, in Madison in particular, do you see the the growth um, uh, sustaining? Do you, do you see these families that may have been new to Catholic education? Are they staying in your schools? What our principals have been telling us is that overall, I would say yes. Uh, several of our schools have had no, notable um, conversions of whole families to Catholicism. You know, they brought their children to the Catholic school, perhaps for a variety of reasons, but their children um, came home and kind of evangelized the parents. And I think, too, even if a family or a child doesn't become Catholic, they still see the value of, of Catholic education, which you certainly see in many cultures. You know, Tom, that's certainly a part of uh, Latin culture. Absolutely. Well, right. Yep. No, it, it is. And I, I think, thank you for those comments, Bishop. I think that's really COVID provided an opportunity for the church to evangelize through Catholic schools. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we don't always have parents who choose Catholic schools because of the Catholicity only. But when they arrive, they sure encounter uh, our community and our gospel, which by nature is transformative. So I think that's tremendous. Now, there is a flip side, Bishop. We have seen, uh, and I'm wondering if you have seen, just a, uh, I mean, overall, apparently 800,000 teachers have left the field of teaching in general, not not just Catholics, I mean, in general, uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, as sort of this phrase, the great resignation, it's impacted teaching as well. So many schools are struggling to find teachers, particularly as enrollments are increasing. Is this is this something that you've encountered in, in Madison? And do you have any any thoughts on why this might be happening? Yeah, we certainly are experiencing this in Madison, as I think every diocese, at least in the United States, is um, yeah. as well. Uh, again, I think there's a complexity of of reasons. You know, certainly part of it is probably just COVID exhaustion uh, for some of the teachers. I think some that were perhaps nearing retirement just decided, you know, that this this is the time for me just just to go. I'm just exhausted. I, I've had enough. You know, certainly the um, salary gap between what a teacher can earn in a public school system versus Catholic school system is is a, a factor in this as well. So what we're looking at here in our diocese is strategically, how can the diocese um, create resources, number one, to attract young people into um, Catholic education as teachers. Secondly, um, bolster their salaries so that yeah. there's there's some equivalence to uh, what they'd be receiving in the public system and just being a source of ongoing support for them. So it's really, yeah. we, we can't just wait for people to apply and show interest. We need to be proactive in, in going out and looking for young people who are passionate about Catholic education. So that's a whole shift, cultural and mind shift, I think, for all of us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Bishop, we, I was recently had the privilege of being over in Europe, and there were a number of countries there, Scotland and England notably, who are experiencing teacher shortages in general, mm-hmm. and specifically within their Catholic school systems and networks. So it's 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 a big issue, and it's 
it's a pity because the Catholic school teachers I know really are such wonderful people, so passionate about transforming the lives. And they do work very hard, often for less. And I think it's incumbent upon us as, as, as leaders in our different roles to really work uh, to support those teachers who are so essential to this this ministry of the church. Right. Also, it's just it's part of the whole bigger phenomenon. I mean, you can't find anybody to work for any position, right? It's not just it's not just Catholic schools, it's not just public schools, it's everything. So we're in a profound moment of just cultural shift regarding people's attitude towards work, where they want to work, um, how they work. I mean, COVID has really kind of just blown up our traditional understanding of all of that. Yeah. And Bishop, that's interesting. What I mean, COVID certainly, but what else do you think is at the root of, of that great resignation or this, as you say, this shift to work? I'm, I'm just be interested in your thoughts on what is what is at the root of that beyond COVID? Yeah, hard to say. I mean, it's always dangerous to generalize. Yeah, I think perhaps younger people are less inclined to give their entire lives to uh you know, a 60, 70 hour work week, which I think some um, industries, some businesses have demanded in the past. You know, they want more of a life work balance, which, you know, from our Catholic perspective would be a good thing. Uh, I think there's so many more opportunities for people just to work creatively online at home, um, consulting part time. So, I mean, just the traditional idea that, you know, I, I come into a physical building for 40 hours of work and do this is um, profoundly shifting, but. No, it's, it's fascinating. Coming, coming back to Catholic education, Bishop, can you give an example of why Catholic schools are important to the mission of the church? Yeah, obviously there's um, the examples are legion, right? In terms of the impact of, of Catholic education on um, families and individuals. Um, there's many I could pick from. One I'll choose is is simply uh, good friends of mine, a married couple. Uh, when their children were very young, uh, they were living in Michigan and they were Protestant and decided to send their children to the Catholic school because they just toured it, were impressed with the quality of its education, its religious environment. And uh, the impact of sending their children there led the entire family to become Catholic. And today, the husband is the COO of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and uh, the wife and mother is uh, an artist and has gone into uh, the world of Catholic filmmaking, and, and I've done um, wow. films and videos with her. Uh, she, <laughs> sang, she sang a song that she wrote for uh, St. John Paul II at World Youth Day in Toronto. So it's just one, one example of the impact of a decision to send their children to Catholic school had on this entire family, you know, it really led them to go wow. But I also see, I mean, a, a broader perspective is just uh, the anchor that Catholic schools are when they're in um, uh, communities of poverty, you know, an anchor for the community and just a, a source for children born into poverty to get out of poverty. Yeah, I think you know, education and jobs are obviously the, the two lovers that are going to bring somebody out of poverty. And uh, Catholic education gives not only the education, but the formation. So I think I worked in the seminary for many years and, you know, we look at uh, the formation of a seminarian, not simply as intellectual 
education, but really forming the entirety of the person. And that's the genius of Catholicism. You know, we look at the integrity of the human person as body, soul, mind, and heart. And so Catholic education touches all those aspects of our humanity, not just the intellectual. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something. So, and Bishop, you're furthering education in your diocese specifically by opening the Blessed Carlos Online Academy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, and our listeners, a little bit about this academy and why you why you made this decision? Yeah, Michael and Teresa, who are you know our, our Catholic school leaders here in the diocese, uh, could speak more um, specifically to this, but. From my perspective, I think there's been a great need in our diocese for Catholic high schools. We only have Edgewood, which you mentioned at the beginning, Rob, which is run by the Cincinnati Dominican Sisters. And then we have uh, St. Ambrose, which is um, not affiliated with the diocese, kind of a classical education approach. That's it in terms of Catholic high schools in our diocese. So we're 11 counties, we're 8,000 square miles, we're mostly rural we're not going to be building a brick and mortar schools in some remote part of our diocese. And yet we've heard from many of our parents, you know, this desire for um, secondary you know, high school Catholic education for their children. So I think uh, the role of uh, technology during COVID has really opened up possibilities and made people much more comfortable with the idea that um, education can occur online. So um, our office has been assiduously working on this for a couple of years to make it a reality. And the interest of parents and their response has just shown that it really is serving a deeply felt need. You know, so we're, we're standing on the brink of something really important and transformative. That's tremendous. Uh, Bishop, for our listeners that might be in the Madison area or those that aren't, that are listening and would, would be interested, um, where where could they reach out to or who would you suggest they reach out to if they want to learn more about your new online academy through the Diocese of Madison? I think if they just go to the uh, website for the Diocese of Madison and probably scroll down to um, the, the school's office, that they would find it there. But again, it's Blessed Carlos uh, Acutis Online Academy. Great. And t- tell me about the name. Why uh, why Blessed Carlos Acutis? Yeah, so Carlos Acutis, I don't know as much about him as I should. I know he was an Italian teenager, died tragically very young, but was certainly of his generation in terms of his tech savviness and mm-hmm. presence online, but also a very holy young man who um, suffered greatly, died young has been beatified, but really I think we see as a, a patron for uh, the younger generation and, and certainly a patron of how uh, the church can use technology and the whole online world uh, to evangelize and educate. You got, you got to admit though, I, I, it, to, to have a, to have a blessed Carlos who lived, I mean, so recently and is, was so young. I mean, we have a saint who is, who is known for, usage of technology, right? And yet we're a 2000 year old institution that is known mostly for having ancient Gothic cathedrals and sort of, right. to be frank, being a little old school. You gotta love this. Like, it's just, it's oh, the, name, I mean, the name I think is brilliant. I didn't, I didn't Bishop, uh, honestly know about Blessed Carlos prior to working with you guys. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. The, the, the young tech savvy, you know, 
warrior of the church. I mean, he was just right. doing great work for the church through technology. And uh, so I, I just love the name. I think it, it's such a great symbol of of what you're hoping for and, and bringing Catholic education to those that don't have access to it in, in rural Wisconsin. And so I, I just, Tom and I have a lot of guests and on the podcast talking about innovation and education. I just applaud you and, and your your diocese for for being really at the forefront and trying something new. And, and so, congratulations yeah. to you and your team for the launch That's of tremendous. a new school. I mean, when was the last time a new school opened in the diocese of Madison? Yeah, I I mean, St. Ambrose would be the newest, even though it's not a diocesan school. Beyond that, I'm not certain. It's been a while, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I know when we opened Creastore, uh, Milwaukee, that was the first new school in 20 or 30 years. And so yeah. you guys are, are following, you know, and, and oh, I love the... The, the mission of the church to open and to be new and to be relevant uh, is great. We're going to take a brief pause to hear a word from our sponsor. Catholic Virtual is the trusted online education partner of Catholic schools worldwide. We develop customized online learning solutions to meet the needs of our partner schools and their students. Visit our website at www.catholicvirtual.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. And on that note, Bishop, where, where do you see Catholic education in five years or where, where is it going you know, for our listeners? What do you see the future of Catholic education? Yeah, I think, you know, to our conversation so far, I think certainly a greater um, utilization of technology and just online resources to supplement um, what's being done in the classroom, even, even in regular traditional Catholic schools and in classrooms, certainly. I think we're going to need to creatively rethink um, how Catholic schools are structured and governed. And I think decreasingly will a single parish be able to sustain a standalone parish school. So I look at what Archdiocese of Milwaukee has done, and they've it created essentially regional schools. And I know Archbishop Listecki's vision in Milwaukee is that he wants every parish to really claim ownership of the fact that they have a school. It may not be physically on their campus, but they're, they're part of a cluster of parishes that support and take ownership of a school. So I think there's going to be a whole new, a continued restructuring in terms of governance, you know, revenue streams, parish school collaboration. You know, how do we look at the treasure we have in Catholic schools and really sustain them as, as we move out of the model that, you know, one parish standalone has the resources to do this. So I think that's another thing. I think we, thirdly, we we see a whole, I think, reclaiming of Catholic identity in schools. So more and more parents want a Catholic school experience for their children to be authentically Catholic because they can get everything else somewhere else. You know, so what what is our uniqueness? It's the Catholic vision of the human person. It's our understanding of all of history and reality from the perspective of Christ crucified and risen. It's our whole moral understanding, both personal and social. So the genius of Catholicism is its sacramental vision that leads us to see everything in the radiance of God's revelation to us. So I think it's those three things, increased use of technology, restructuring of how we just see schools um, in relationship to parish, and then thirdly, just the reclaiming and deepening of Catholic identity. And how do we do that without religious orders? You know, so I, I think about um, you know when the religious orders ran our schools, 
you know, th- those sisters and brothers and priests were steeped in the Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. So now we have primarily lay teachers. We expect the same result, but those lay teachers don't have the same formation that the religious did. So, you know, we can't expect the same result unless we're also forming those who are forming our children in that Catholic tradition. You know, and that need coupled with the dearth of teachers creates a challenge because sometimes you're just looking for somebody to, to fill the space and you don't have the luxury of saying, is this person, a, you know, a, a daily communicant or a, a good Catholic? You know, that, that's tough. Yeah. You know, Bishop, one of the things that I've been really pushing lately is that we have so many lay leaders now of Catholic schools, certainly the high schools. And uh, I was on a Zoom the other day, 17 Catholic school leaders, and I asked how many of them are provided a stipend for spiritual direction. Not one mm-hmm. had a spiritual director and not one even thought about their contract having a stipend for spiritual direction. But if you look back 20 years ago, all the leaders of Catholic schools were priests, nuns, brothers, and they had a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's I think it's wrong that we are putting these lay people in these positions without giving them the support they need. And, and I think every Catholic school, high school, certainly in America, their presidents should be getting spiritual direction to your point to how can they be the spiritual leader if their prayer life is not being enriched right. and grown through a professional. Hey, right before right. COVID, um, Michael Lancaster and I um, had a retreat with all of our grade school principals. And the whole theme of the retreat was the principal as the spiritual leader of the school in yeah. with the pastor. And um, I have to say, we, we have a wonderful group of principals who really get that. It's just mm-hmm. hard when, um, because of the teacher shortage, they're subbing in classrooms, right. dealing with COVID. Yeah. And on top of all that, you know, we're supposed to be building this you know, wonderful, thriving Catholic culture. So it's it's a lot to put on one person, but I think it's the um, the ethos and the spirituality of the person, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. going through. And, and how do we help form them towards an even greater depth of grasping the faith and living the faith? I mean, Bishop, that's tremendous that you did that as a retreat for your principles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, I think that is time well worth spent, let's put it that way. I had the privilege of, of joining one of those retreats um, up in Bridgeport, Connecticut with Bishop Caggiano. Um, and it was simply uh, a two-day spiritual retreat for the principals with deliberately, you know, keep keep the work and uh, away so that you can focus on the, the, the faith aspect, your role as, as the spiritual leader of the school community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was beautiful to, be, uh, to see that uh, and to witness that. So, um, and I think it's, it's great that we, we do that. But to your point, Rob, I think there's, there's always more needed to help our schools maintain that true Catholicity which is, is what separates us and, and what makes these schools so integral to the mission of the church. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bishop, um, the other diocese I recently visited was uh, Harrisburg, <clears throat> and I was talking um, with Bishop Gaynor there and just informally, and he mentioned just how uh, he, uh, he actually grows his own vegetables. He is an avid gardener and as a hobby, and I think to uh, get a little bit of time away from the uh, intensity of the life of a bishop, which as we know is a uh, difficult role um, and uh, a very time-consuming one. So he, he gardens. Um, so but I was just curious, is there, 
what do you do in in sort of downtime or do you have a hobby that uh, helps helps keep everything balanced for you is there something you'd be willing to share just uh, that you do i think uh, my first response to that is sleep you know just <laughs> when i can i sleep but um no seriously uh, um Probably no, nothing as organic as growing vegetables, but I love to uh, <laughs> snowmobile and cross-country ski in the winter. When you live in Wisconsin, you have to befriend snow and cold. So ah. I cross-country ski and snowmobile. I like biking in the summer. Love to travel. I go anywhere in five minutes. Um, yeah. Love reading. I love history and uh, spirituality and biographies and politics, I guess, political science. And just spending time with friends. All of that, I would say, just a, a smattering of those things. And that's that's excellent, Bishop. Um, you should send us a picture of, of you on the snowmobile. That would oh, be I will. That would be, <laughs> that be a good one. So excellent. That's great, Bishop. Well, we have one final question that we ask all of our guests, uh, and the question is: Who is your favorite teacher, and why? Especially in this, while well, you ponder that for a minute, you know, in this great teacher resignation, mm-hmm. I just think of so many teachers who who I know who have retired recently, and they're they're just they have such a difficult job. And and to any of our listeners who are teachers, I just want to give a shout out to you for another great year and for the service you do to the young people. But but Bishop, your your greatest teacher and why? Yeah, I had some excellent teachers. One that immediately stands out for me is uh, my fourth grade teacher. So I was at St. Aloysius Grade School in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Part of it is just her name. Her name was Mabel Litchie. What a great name. (laughs) She she had taught there for decades. Uh, She's long deceased. And she was a lay teacher in that early wave of lay teachers who joined the sisters teaching in grade schools. But I just think back, I mean, unbeknownst to us, but I there had to be some challenges for some of those first lay teachers, you know, stepping into schools that were predominantly run by religious. But um, her passion to help us to learn to read and write well, um, her love for the faith and just her her basic kindness and humanity. I mean, all that just uh, stands out for me. She was just a, a genuine character. But, but generally cared about me as a person. And I, I think that's that's key. When I think of my seminary formators, it's the same thing. Like the ones that impacted me the most are the ones that I knew cared about me just as a human being, not simply as a seminarian. Um, and what they said stuck with me, whereas others that maybe rightly or wrongly, I didn't perceive cared about me that much. They may have been saying even better things, but it didn't necessarily stick with me because it wasn't spoken in a context of at least how I received it as concern. So I think part of it is, you know, students are going to thrive in an environment where they really feel loved, understood, and just absolutely valued. And it's in that environment then that they're going to receive what the teacher has to say. So it's not just the transmission of knowledge. It's how do we build these relationships of communion? And that's where the, the church has all that, hands down, you know, just loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's in that context that that people are going to thrive and learn best. So Mabel Litchie, keep that name in your mind. That's great. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, your your comments resonate with many of our guests who've talked about their teachers. And um, it reminds me of my first day teaching at Market High and the principal, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was, you know, starting the Alumni Service Corps, but was teaching two classes. and, And I said, what do I do? He said that 
teaching is so simple. Just go love your students. Mm. And, yeah. and he walked away. And I was like, that's it. And he was so right, though. And as you were saying about Mabel and your your teachers at the seminary, those teachers that loved us, you knew it. And you would do anything for them. And Absolutely. You would strive to succeed in their class because you wanted right. you wanted them to know, approve of what you're doing or you wanted to respond to the challenges they gave you. Right. Right. If they if they loved you, you were and, and you look back on all your great teachers and that is the common denominator. It's not mm-hmm. if they were super smart or wisdom or what, but it, do they love you in Christ, as you as you said. So, mm-hmm. well, Bishop Hine, this has been a real pleasure. Um and very grateful for your time. And we will uh, put in our show notes the link to Blessed Carlos Acuna's online academy for our listeners that want to learn more about it. Uh, so you can see that in our show notes. And uh, we're grateful for you joining the next class. Yeah, Tom, thank you so you. much, Bishop. Thank you. We appreciate your time, Bishop. And uh, it's great, great to chat with you. Well, thank you, Tim and Rob. Blessings on your time in Mexico City. We'll certainly pray for all the Catholic schools in Latin America. That's great. Hey, thank you. Appreciate your support and all that you're doing for us. Thank great. You. God bless you. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you did, would greatly appreciate it if you would share this episode with your friends and family. If you get a moment to rate or review us, that too would be much appreciated. Have a great day. <laughs>